Okay, cut that bit out. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Clearly Podcast, episode four, when hybrid models save the day. Recorded on Thursday, the 22nd of October, 2020, with host Shailen Tudor-Sama, Tom Goff, and myself, Andy Clark. In this episode, we explain what a Power BI hybrid model is, how you go about deploying hybrid models, and of course, when they save the day. We also have an important listener question for Tom. So please sit back and enjoy. Hey guys, how are we doing? Good, thanks. How are you? Hey Andy, you okay? Yeah, very good. Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. Look, I'm going to start. I've got I've got a, um, a listener email that came in, um, which I'd like to read out because it's a question for Tom. Dear Mr. Goff, in episode one of your podcast titled Why Power BI Isn't Excel, you used the metaphor of correct tools for a particular job by saying that you wouldn't use a hammer to drive a screw into a wall. I wholeheartedly agree with your point and would be grateful if you could share this wisdom with my husband, who believes DIY is an acronym for Destruct It Yourself. <laughs> with best wishes, Renata Clark, Houston, Texas. <laughs> So, uh, Mrs. Clark uh, is keen for you, I think, to go and teach me some uh, DIY. Uh, that, that's uh, that, that's that's dangerous, as I, I I do have a slight tendency towards using the uh, the old Birmingham screwdriver myself, um, or hammer, <laughs> as it's otherwise known. <laughs> All right, I better not tell her that. Okay, guys. So, moving on from listener mail, um, today we're going to talk about why hybrid models will save the day, and I think a good starting point because i'm not sure that hybrid models are particularly well used or well understood so therefore i think the starting point is probably tom if i could ask you to define a hybrid model within power bi yeah and i think you're quite right to say that uh, they're not well used or well understood and i think part of that is down to the fact that a lot of people don't really know that uh, a hybrid model even exists, let alone um, that you that you can use it for something. Broadly speaking, a hybrid Power BI model is a model that uses a combination of both um, import and direct query. Now, within that, you could just leave it at that point and just have certain elements of your model coming from a direct query source and other elements coming from a import source. But you can also then use that hybrid model to start building up some aggregation that means you can, for common elements that you would want to aggregate, sum up, count, an average, things like that, you can actually predefine some of those in an import. So you use Power Query to uh, import some of the stuff you're also going to direct query, but the that import will also summarize that data, create some sums and averages for you as you import it. So you'll have a, a much more summarized version of the data as an import, as well as the raw data available as a um, 
direct query so that you can arrange your model such that uh, you can use the imported version to do the regular stuff that you do all the time and the, the queries that you're going to hit every single day and every time you want to run the report you'll hit these queries you pre-aggregate those but the less common stuff you can there can then be done as a direct query which as we uh, have alluded to in previous episodes is often a much slower option to do because you're relying on sending queries back to the original data source and then you're constrained by how quickly that original data source can process it. So you kind of then get the best of both worlds out of it. You get all the data, but you also get the speed of uh, an import model. So, Shailen, where do you use these? Oh, lots of examples, really. Um, well, quite a few examples. But um, where we typically find um, good use cases are where you are trying to you know, use um, get data in, let's say direct query um, from a data source like a finance package or financial package or an ERP package or um, any other where it's um, a little bit more structured. Um, so imagine you've got your finance data coming in now. And um, as part of that, you haven't quite set up or, you know, you don't really use um, budgeting or, or forecasting within there. And you have separate budgets in the organization because a lot of people use things like Excel for budgeting. And so they would send, you know, um, multiple departments, um, a, a template, fill this out. And um, but, you know, it only changes so often. It's a quarterly process or a half year process. Um, so, so that's a good example where you can just bring that in and import that data in. Um, you can, obviously, you can use it as a as a live connection, or if you store it somewhere, but you can very easily bring it in. So that's a that's a good use case. Other use cases are where you have common kind of um, data and it doesn't really change. So things like names, IDs, departments, um, cost center codes. Um, and and other information where it doesn't really change and you just import this in and you can import it in from a some kind of static file a csv file an excel file or or, or something um, like that You're looking to combine more static data, data that doesn't change on a frequent basis, so then for a you know, self-refreshing import model is okay with the benefits of direct query, having live data. Um, what's the benefit for a customer to do this? A lot of potential benefits. And um, I'm just to, as Shailen was talking about that, um, when you're bringing in budget data from uh, spreadsheets, um, that's not something that you can typically use a live connection with or a, a direct query against a spreadsheet, whereas because of data volumes, you might need to use a direct query against the general ledger because a general ledger will typically generate many hundreds of thousands, millions of rows over the course of a year. Um, your budget data that's in your spreadsheet won't be generating that volume, so it wouldn't be pushing you towards the need for a 
a direct query model and if it's sat in an excel sheet a direct query model for the excel sheet is out of the question so it, it can often be used where you've got that sort of mismatch of volumes of data as well so yeah so benefits would be things like um the, the processing you know it doesn't have to go on um pro or, or it's it's a little bit more up to date um the information and and then when have you had when have you had projects whereby you've had to go in and either change an import model or change a, a direct query model with a hybrid model to go and make um, an implementation work? Is that something you've got experience of doing? Um, it usually comes up in almost any um, Power BI project of any real size. You're going to come up with some sort of hybrid model uh, at, at some point during the course of that project. Um, you, it's it's a thing that's sometimes almost unavoidable. That you're going to get to a point where you have these static data sources where you can't take a direct query against them, but at the same time you have uh, sources that you need to be viewing at a much more up to date uh, state. So you. you you often have that sort of static lookup data that's in files, but also live data you want to be viewing all the time. So any situation where that occurs, you, you've got an issue where you need to use a hybrid model at that point. We have many, many examples. I was going to just say there, we have many examples of even at a, a prototype or even a proof of concept phase, they say, no, this is, this is the data and we'll just want to go live against that data, direct query. And then all of a sudden, they go, well, actually, we need to append it with a bit more data, but we don't hold that data there, so here we go. Can you just put that file in? Um, and so, yeah we, yeah, we can. And it's just that flexibility to, to do that. Um, I was going to say, the, the, the other big use case that, that you do hit with it as well is where you've got really large-scale data sets involved, and you have to use direct query in order to view all of the rows in there because you don't want to be having to manage that import process regularly. But at the same time, uh, you don't need to you don't need to view every row all the time. There's a lot of common aggregates that you want to use. So you can take the same table you can look at simultaneously as a direct query to get the, the sort of full line level detail, but also have an aggregated version that you import. So that's another another use pattern for uh, direct query. So if you think about uh, the finance example that Shayla mentioned earlier, you could have a situation where you're looking at general ledger data and you want to see full day-to-day -day details of all the debits and credits in there and be able to analyze that in every single way imaginable that you, you could ever want to do. But actually, most of the time, and most people using this data model will actually only want to see the monthly movements of the debits and credits by account. So you can create a table that aggregates those debits and credits per month per account and just summarizes that for you in an import, but also include behind that the full detailed ledger so that you can drill through and get that increased detail behind it as well. 
We've talked a bit about static and dynamic data and there being that differentiation between static data where you'd use an import model and, and the dynamic data where you'd use a direct query. Um, it does feel to me that there's probably an awful lot of gray between those two in terms of what's <laughs> static, what's dynamic. <laughs> Tom, are you giggling the background there? So probably I was going to ask this one to Shailen, but I think I'll ask this one to you. Um, oh, how do okay. you go about... <laughs> All right, I'm going to ask it to both of you then, just to be fair. How do you go about deciding and agreeing what is static and what's dynamic? Tom, if you want to go first um, and then Shailen after. Yeah, I mean, I think the, it, it comes down a little bit to how up to date do you need to be because uh there is that there's always the question of what what is real time and there are some things that only ever can only ever change on a daily basis or a monthly basis or or whatever and for those yeah you definitely lean towards an import because why wouldn't you 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 only need to deal with it once a day um it really comes down to how up to date you need to be doing your analysis and a lot of analyses probably only really need to occur at a day's lag but everyone always thinks they need everything up to the second so there is always that there's always a slight pushback to say oh but we need to see this absolutely up to the second well many times when you really sort of dig down into it the real need is for a much more slowly changing uh analysis of, of the data so it, it it generally comes down to really investigating what what the outcome is of the analysis that you want to do what what's the decision you want to make on the basis of this analysis that's the thing that i think uh, is the main one that drives static versus dynamic Shailen? Yes, agree. <laughs> no, yeah, no, absolutely agree with everything there. Um, and and just, but just to add, did, did sorry, did did he steal your thunder a little bit there? He yeah, he stole. No, 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 no. So just to sorry. add, sorry. Next, next, look. Next time, I'll do it the other way round. <laughs> if I feel, if I feel that you both have got relevant points to make, then uh, it starts with you next time, Shailen. And I'll oh, just okay. flip it every time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. But it, you know, and to add to that to that piece, the um, a lot of people say they need real time. Now, people don't really refer to it as just real time, and you know, and most vendors will say near real time because there's always a little lag somewhere. Um, but if you're refreshing, as Tom mentioned, you know, once a day, that's that's pretty much static. If it's up to you know eight times a day, again, that is pretty much static because because we can schedule that to refresh it if we have a good case at the moment we're working on on something at the moment which is about stock inventory movement and they need to see that a little bit more let's say near real time rather than up to eight times or, or refreshed um, because they want to see quantities you know and and, and movement um, so that is a case where um, it is. It will be a hybrid model because things like the, the name of of the um, inventory item or the IDs, etc., that doesn't change. Um, and some other, you know, where they're normally kept in that warehouse, that doesn't really change either. And that that information um, is 
you know, it's it's pretty static. It's static there, but but the um, the stock movement itself, um, it's it's a kind of a direct query uh, model to get to get that movement. So that's just an example. Tom, you you titled this podcast hybrid models and when they save the day. Um, so I'm interested in your thoughts and when they really do save the day. And and I'm also, just to get Shailen prepared for the next question, is ask you what the pitfalls are um, of hybrid models. So if we can start with Tom, hybrid models saving the day, and then follow up with Shailen, pitfalls of hybrid models. Okay, so I think where they where they save the day, and where and I think where they really do save the day is when you're dealing with some really high volume data, and you would ordinarily be in a position of having to use direct query because of the high volume of data, and as a result, getting some really slow performance. So the main one where I think that hybrid models are actually will save you from whole worlds of hurt in this is when you've got these big models so you can pre-aggregate some of the data and when you're doing the the really commonplace queries you can design these aggregate tables so you hit the aggregate tables to do the really really fast commonplace queries but for the less common stuff that still needs to be done every now and then but where people are a bit more prepared to wait on their queries completing, passing that back over to the direct query side of the model and pushing that through. So you're creating these aggregations and aggregation designs effectively. Um, if for, for those of you who have got a bit of an old school analysis services multidimensional thing, it's, it's very similar to the aggregation designs we used to uh, build in uh, SSAS multidimensional. Um, you can actually push specific ideas of what that what you expect are going to be the most commonly uh, queried metrics and pre-build those so that you don't uh, always have to go back to the uh, raw direct query data all the time okay tom thank you so shaylen what are the pitfalls of hybrid models pitfalls yeah so pitfalls sometimes you may notice um, performance um, so speed kind of performance issues sometimes because you have a direct query um, so it is refreshing and it is looking at that information um, trying to keep up you know we're not trying to keep up we're refreshing the visuals um, but it's where that may be the only option so when we know we know you know listen to the other um, podcast that import is faster um, but it it, you know, so but it can be extended. So I don't, I don't see many um, pitfalls apart from things like speed issues. I don't know what you, what you think, Tom. Um, well, I think that you you can get issues of um, creating. Well, you you can get sometimes if you if you're doing a direct query, you've also got some more static data in there. You may find something is appearing in your direct query that doesn't yet appear in your in your static data that you've imported. So you can get a, a bit of a timing mismatch between these. So you can get that can generate some slightly weird results sometimes. Um, I think the other pitfall you can get into with, particularly if you if you're using um, hybrid models as a means of 
generating aggregate data is when you try to second guess every possible combination of uh, dimensions and facts that anyone might ever try to do. And you create so many combinations of aggregates that you actually create a, a new performance problem while you're trying to fix one performance problem. So you end up with too many different possibilities uh, that you end up with a, com a complete mess that is unusable as a result and you can't build new reports easily off that model because you've got too many different uh, aggregates going on behind it and it uh, it can turn into a mess as well as a result of that. So I think that's that's one of the dangers you can get and the, obviously the time it then takes you to build all these different ideas that you've had of how people will use that model. Oh, that's great. Thank you. And Shailen, if if somebody feels uh, a hybrid model is for them, where do they go to learn more? And I'm just going to also add that a shameless plug is allowed in this next section. Our website, clearlycloudy.co.uk. So um, our, our blog posts, our website, we have, um, but we, we, we're also, you know, releasing more um, video on-demand uh, video um, training content as well. But as always, uh, Microsoft have a lot. Um, search for it on the uh, Microsoft site as well. Um, there is a, a lot there. But the other thing is the Power BI community, um, if you go to the community um, site um, and search there, there's lots of things that you know people have posted and we are uh, we regularly contribute to, you know, um, community posts. And, and I think the communities are really useful. And there's a whole load of incredible people out there who put so much time in day in, day out to going answering questions from, you know, people that just need a bit of help. Um, so I think it's a really fantastic resource to go for. To go for. Um, all right, guys, well, look, so we're coming to the end of time. So I'm going to ask you for your final thoughts. So I'm going to start with you, Tom. Uh, well, as I was sort of alluding to in the pitfalls, don't try to optimize what you're doing too early. What do you mean by that? Well, you let let people actually use the model when it when you've not tried to optimize its performance a little bit, um, rather than trying instead of trying to uh, optimize it for every use case actually find out what the real use cases of your model are before you optimize to them. I think that's a really interesting point because I think the other thing that you'll tend to find, what well, you can quite often find is that the real use case or how the model eventually gets used can often be different to the intended original use. That's definitely true, yeah. Shailen, final thought. Final thought? Um, don't be scared to extend or experiment with the, with the model itself. So um, if you want to, you know, you, you've got a model, a hybrid model, if you want to plug in uh, something else, you do it, prototype it, um, play with it. Uh, we, we do a lot of that, by the way. Um, so, and so I would say don't, don't be scared then, just experiment and extend it. Yeah, and I think my final thought from listening to all of this is actually really consider the hybrid model as part of your implementation. I think it's very, very real. I think people tend to look to go, 
one way or the other, whether it's going to be import or direct query, potentially live connection, um, as with their other podcasts. But, you know, really have this within the mix of consideration of a model you can deploy with. Hey, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that. If you want to contact us, come on over to clearlycloudy.co.uk for the UK and Europe or clearlysolutions.net for North America. We'll be back on Monday, the 23rd of November, when we get a little bit fluffy and talk about branding on your Power BI reports. In the meantime, have a great week.